630 Chad Mornings brought to you by Adam Chevrolet. Top of the Autumn Island, Wetaskiwin, offering free delivery anywhere in Alberta. We are live from the Mazankowski Alberta Heart Institute this morning. And uh, we were just talking with Dr. Jeevan Nagendran, mm-hmm. who's he's just left to go do open heart surgery. He's the smartest guy either one of us have ever talked Holy to. Holy cow. And while we were talking to him, we got a text from Mike saying, Dr. Nagendran saved my life in 2014. Wow. Quad bypass. Wow. See, and that's just a testament to how needed the Maz and the specialists here really are. Oh, it's amazing. It is incredible to have it here in our city and just, a, I mean, just to have that, that resource, whether it's you or whether it's somebody in your family, whether it's somebody close to you, it's incredibly important to keep supporting it and keep all of the equipment just the the latest and the most technologically yeah. advanced that we can keep it. So and it's the donors that do that. That's right. Heartpledgeday.ca if you want to check out more details or donate online or of course you can call 780-407-2200 and this hour of 630 Chet Heart Pledge Day brought to you by Parkwood Master Builders and that's who we're talking to right now. We have Audrey Hanna from Parkwood Master Builder. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. So you guys are sponsoring this hour. Tell us a little bit about why it's important to Parkwood and your family to help support the mass? Um, well, we've been involved with the University Hospital Foundation for the last uh, almost 10 years. Okay. Um, we decided to build a benefit house in 2011 to, with all the funds going to the University Hospital Foundation's Brain Trust campaign when it was starting. And we saw that to the completion and raised over half a million dollars for the University Hospital Foundation, Kids with Cancer, and JDRF. Wow. And it was um, really fulfilling with the University Hospital Foundation to see a level of um, world-class care being brought to the city for the Brain Trust campaign. And um, we want to continue to build that relationship with the University Hospital Foundation. Uh, we also now are involved with the Full House Lottery, and we're building our third house there. So with the funds going to the University Hospital Foundation and the Royal Alexandra Hospital Foundation. Yeah, and you talk about being involved with the world-class facilities that we have here. And of course, the Mazankowski fits perfectly with that. Yes, of course. Um, it is a world-class facility already, and we want to make sure that we are able to contribute to maintain that. So these new echocardiograms that they're wanting to um, the funds that we'll be going towards today we are really excited to be a part of so that we continue to have Edmonton at the forefront of world-class care yeah, yeah and it's close to you because a lot of your customers Parkwood customers have either been through the mass or received treatment of some kind right yeah of course like um, it's really hard to find someone that hasn't been touched by the yes. Mazankowski. Um, not even just for congenital heart issues, but also um, for if you have any other diseases such as cancer or diabetes, it seems like the heart can always be affected. Yeah. And so many people that we know have had to undergo those types of treatments, but also have to um, get treatment or support from the Mazankowski because it can impact your heart. So it's... Like you said, one in four people are affected. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is a staggering number. I mean, that's, it's just, it's crazy. So you do know somebody or you will know somebody that, that comes through this facility. You definitely eventually. will. Yeah. One in four Canadians affected by heart disease in some way. So, Audrey, oh, I guess, well, we have you from Parkwood's perspective. Why should our listeners help support the Mass? Um, it is, it's just amazing to be here. And I think we in Edmonton and Northern Alberta are so fortunate to have this level of care. It's so um, reassuring when you have to go through these things that you know that you have world-class care here and that you wouldn't be getting it better anywhere else. So it's really important, especially in today's age where we're getting less funding for these things. It's really important for companies such as Parkwood to step up and make sure that we continue to have a world-class facility here in Edmonton. Yeah, well, we sure appreciate all that you guys do. It's fabulous to have partners like this. It's just a 
So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, Thanks, Audrey. <laughs> so heartpledgeday.ca, if you want to make a donation online, you can call 780-407-2200. And we have a challenge that we'd like to issue to you, too. Yes. Uh, from Dave in Fort Chip One. He made a donation of 25 bucks. He's challenging all school bus drivers to match or beat his donation. Gotta go, Dave. Good so, for you. $25. Listen, you don't actually have to be a school bus driver if you want to match that donation. No, we'll take it. We'll, we'll, we'll take, take it. your money. And the next donor who contributes $500 will receive... Dr. Bunny. That's right. Yeah, these these are so cute. Build a bear. Build a bear has made these um, exclusive bunnies for today. They're all dressed up in doctor scrubs, and if you donate five hundred dollars, you'll receive one as an exclusive gift, and it'll be customized to you. So they're yeah. going to get embroidered with your name or whoever's name on his little want. surgeon cap. Yeah, you want to put on Which his little fantastic. uniform. He's just the cutest. Uh, we just spoke with Dr. Javine Nagendran. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents did very well because his brother is also a cardiac surgeon, Dr. Jayan Nagendran, uh, who worked closely with another heart surgeon here at the Maz, Dr. Darren Freed, wow. <laughs> uh, in developing the Ex Vivo Lung Perfusion System, which is really going to ab- it's going to revolutionize surgery. Uh, and we're delighted now that we have uh, Dr. Freed with us. So, Doc, why don't we just start there? Tell us about the Ex Vivo Lung Perfusion technology. Basically, this is a machine that is used to support organs outside the body uh, to extend the period of time between donation and implant into the recipient. Okay, how is it different from systems that are already in place? What's the advancement here? The major advancement that we've made uh, with lungs in particular, uh, because we have machines that can support hearts, lungs, livers, kidneys, etc. The big difference with lungs is how they breathe inside the machine. Okay. Um, that's the difference in our technology and the, what we've developed in the lab in comparison to uh, the commercially available systems that are on the market right now. What was the shortcoming you overcame with systems? Like, how did you handle that problem with keeping the lungs basically breathing? Yeah, the issue is that uh, the existing systems uh, ventilate or push air into the lungs in a ver- in a way that's not similar to the way that lungs are meant to work. Okay. Um, so the way you and I are breathing right now is that our chest wall exerts a, a, like a vacuum force on the outside of the lung, and it draws air into our lungs that way. Um, the existing technology all pushes air into the airway uh, through the trachea, the main airway going into the lungs. Okay. Uh, and that results in uh, less uniform distribution of air into the lung uh, and suboptimal recovery of the lung that's, that's potentially suitable uh, to function properly. So is this a, a pressure-based system that sort of mimics the natural that's exactly right. The idea was that we were mimicking or replicating normal physiology. Just right. the way that lungs normally breathe, we were just trying to replicate that same thing. And it, and it has made quite a difference to our ability to recover lungs. So, obviously, if you keep those lungs in better condition before the transplant, it's going to improve the outcome of the transplant, right? That's exactly right. That's our, that's our theory. We need to do a, a large uh, trial with lots of patients enrolled to prove that the, uh, the lungs will be better than just stored on ice. Uh, we haven't actually proved that point yet, but we have demonstrated that we can take lungs that aren't suitable for transplant at the moment, make them better on the machine, and then transplant them. Now, you've done some of this work already, right? Yeah. You've had a chance to try it. Have you seen better outcomes? Uh, we have. We've the, the patients that have done, we've transplanted 12 patients with our prototype device now, Okay. Um, and they've all done extremely well, and those are 12 transplants that wouldn't have happened without the device because those 12 lungs that were uh, donated and recovered for transplant were not suitable for transplantation when they were initially uh, offered to our program for transplantation. Uh, These devices, what are we talking about here? Is it big as a bread box, big as a car? How does it work? 
Yeah, what, we, what we're trying to do and, and the way that the engineers and industrial designers are taking this is that we want to replicate the ice box. Right. Okay. So we don't like want to change, yeah, the cooler. We don't want to change uh, the workflow of the clinicians, the people that are doing this on a regular basis, simply because we have a new machine for them to use. Uh, we, won't, we don't want them to have to take additional equipment. We don't yeah. want to have to have a great big machine that has to have its own operating room, for example. Uh, we want to just slide right in where the ice cooler is right now. Yeah, just streamline this whole thing. So that's what we're trying to do, and we've got it down to that size. It's wow. quite, yeah, it's quite remarkable. Um, how many years was this in development? How long have you been working on this? Uh, the lung machine we've been working on for about uh, just over four years. Okay. Uh, about four and a half years. And uh, so it's quite remarkable, actually, the speed with yeah. which this has come together. Uh, because we, the initial prototype I was developing uh, in my lab and at, and at home of it uh, in late 2015. Wow. Uh, so it's just over four years ago. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah. So to, to take it from that level, to demonstrate all the preclinical work that we needed to do to prove that the concept would work and then do our prototype uh, trial uh, is quite amazing. Okay. So you're a cardiac surgeon, which for most people I think would be enough. Yeah. Um, why the research component? Is, is that something that just drives you too or what? You know, I think all of us have an inquisitive mind to a certain extent, and uh, maybe mine's more than usual. Yeah, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's the, having a having a research laboratory gives you the opportunity to answer questions that a lot of people face, yeah. but they don't have the resources to be able to address them, or they would rather sit back and wait for somebody else to address them, which is fine too. Um, but for me, that that wasn't enough. I wanted to actually get in there and figure it out. What angle of the job is more rewarding to you? Is it is it doing the work, the surgery, or is it the research component? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, they're both extremely rewarding. Yeah, the pace is much faster. The feedback cycle turns quicker in the clinical realm <laughs> yeah, because you know you, think, have, right? you have a patient that you you know you you operate on and, and you potentially save their life um, and make a difference to their quality of life, and that that feedback is immediate. Yeah. yeah, whereas the research is obviously takes months and years to come together. Uh, we're talking about Mazankowski Day and um, how much the donations uh, mean to that facility. What what do you see firsthand in terms of what this kind of day means to what you do? These these sort of uh, achievements that we've just been talking about yeah. would not be possible without the donations that come through this type of activity. Uh, the Mazankowski, the University Hospital Foundation, um, all of those entities to which people donate on a regular basis support the research that I've just been talking about. So to wrap this up, um, in terms of the success that you've seen, imagine this ultimately would end up on a global scale if that success continues. What's the process to getting it there? It's a it's a long process, but we're going down that road. the The first step to dissemination is commercialization. There has to be a, a mechanism to disseminate this to the world, to the other transplant surgeons that would like to use this technology. And the only way that that can be done is through commercialization. So we started a a, a spinoff company through the University of Alberta. Um, Tivasol, it's called, uh, that is taking this technology forward. And Tivasol is now situated to start a multi-center pivotal trial in the U.S. Okay. later this year, uh, into next year. And once that trial is complete, then we will be seeking FDA uh, approval to enter the marketplace to actually start selling these and distributing them. In the United States, we will have approval within Canada uh, around the same time in Europe, Australia, etc. These timelines are always really long. We always yeah. hear about these things, but it takes a while. What kind of eye do you have in terms of timeline? The trial is probably going to take us between 6 and 12 months to complete. Okay. Uh, and then once that's complete, we assemble our, our package, yep. which is going to be tens of thousands of pages of documents to go to the FDA. 
uh, and then they will do their review. We will have a meeting with them, and then they'll make a decision. So realistically, we're looking at, you know, 24 months from now. That's not too bad, actually. Wow, that's okay. It is. It is actually, uh, again, fits with our sort of accelerated time frame that we've been on from the beginning. But it's just so exciting that you must have something like this finally on the horizon after working so hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very rewarding. Excellent. Indeed. We appreciate your time, Doctor. Thanks so much for spending a little time with us this morning. Thank appreciate you. It. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.